0: Dr.
1: Look! Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Clear.
0: Oh.
2: Hey, what's going on, everyone? Thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of Dr. Homebrew. We are back. We have two beers, one brewer, once again. Which is sort of uh, the uh, ongoing theme lately, which I like.
0: Kind of yeah, in the, in the old days, we used to make people compete uh, for you know their beer uh, was you know if was good, if they would compete against the other brewer and and we would have a little a ceremony at the end for the the losingest brewer of the day or something. Oh uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, what did we do. Yeah, yeah. At least your beer will smell good.
2: <laughs> something like that. That's right. We used to do that, and then uh, we had a sponsor give stuff away. But, yeah. uh, you know, hey, man, that was hard. Just get everyone's email address and website and just an address and get them in and do the thing. Coordinate. It was tough. Dif- man. Sending. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we don't do that anymore. Um, but, you know, that's all. You know, now Scott's competing against himself. Scott,
0: what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing
3: great. Yeah? How about you, gentlemen? I've got a uh, bet fine. as to
0: who's going to win this one.
3: Yeah, yeah. This, I, I stacked the deck in my favor on purpose. That's what you got to do, man. That's what you
2: got to do. No, we have a, a couple beers. We have a German Pills, which of course is, you know, uh, our, the show mascot, basically. And then you have a Belgian Triple, which I feel like I'm in 2004 all over again. I don't know if I, I, don't remember the last time, aside from this show, I don't even remember the last time I saw a Belgian Triple, like in my you know space. Everyone has space backgrounds on Zoom right now. You know what I mean? It's, it's not something that I just like, I don't know. It's not something I come across often. So it's kind of nice to uh, to try some of that out.
4: There's a great restaurant yeah. in Palo Alto called uh, La Bota Guita del Medio. It's like Cuban food. Yeah. And they've had a tap of Chimay White on for about 25 years. I, I've that's consistently, I, every now and then, I don't go there that much anymore because it's too far away. But I was yeah. there like end of last year and there was Chimay White on tap. So of course I had some. But of course still, you did. Belgian triple in the wild. You have to have it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You come across the Carmelite once in a while. That's tasty yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys go out more than I do. <laughs> right. You we know? don't live sheltered in our little cave all all day. All no. Night. No. You mean healthy is what you mean. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, when
2: I go to the store, there's not a lot. I mean, there's never really been too many like commercial examples, I guess. Really? You know, you have the Carmelite or you have yeah. your St. Bernardus or whatever. And occasionally you'll find a, I don't know, something else. But uh, yeah, that's about it. I don't know. Anyway. So all that being said, I'm excited to drink it tonight. I'm excited to talk about it. That'll be great. Uh, maybe it'll be my new style. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe the thing I'm, I'm, I I want to get into. You know, a lot. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Speaking of getting into things, man, I'm, I I brewed again last weekend. We'll really? talk about. Well, yeah, really? we'll talk about it on the next show. We'll talk about it on the next show. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was fun. I realized that I I need to find a way to jerry rig my sink faucet so I could brew in yeah. the house. Cause I brew on the bruzilla, right? I'm more beer and uh, there's no way to cool it down because yeah. I have, we have one of those faucets with like the, the, the pull down sprayer, you know, we like hit right. the button and it sprays and yeah, we, us too. Yeah. And the, I got on Amazon, right? Some weird company that's probably not really real. It's just a bunch of consonants and like they threw a dartboard mm-hmm. out of uh, a, a wall of vowels and was like, Oh, let's do with the U. Doesn't mean anything. Um, but the thread when you take the aerator off, the thread does not match anything. I swear to God, it's like metric or something like that. And I went to Lowe's and oh, I yeah. unpackaged every single one. I tried and nothing, it just uh-huh. does not there's nothing I can do to put it in there. So I have to like get a Y maybe and just I, I their manufacturing off the tolerances thing.
4: are probably crap. I mean, it's probably not anything, yeah. right? It's probably not metric or standard.
2: It could be. Could be just something completely random. Um, I,
4: I but, can tell you later on why those companies all have like 12 consonants together as a name. Oh, I'm sure if we all want to get too deep into that. <laughs> that rabbit yeah. hole.
2: Well, yeah, it's because they get sued and they get told the the to stop world. and then they just, they just start another company.
4: <laughs> no, they want to get access to Amazon analytics. You have to have, if you want analytics, you have to have a U.S. registered trademark. And the fastest way oh. is to get put like 12 letters together <clears throat> and then phony up a specimen. It's, an incredible problem with phony specimens, and they've been digging out from that for about two years, and they're wow. making some progress. But yeah, you have the, these companies aren't like, just like you said, if something goes wrong, they just they quit, they reform across the street, yeah. new name, no judgment, no whatever, and then they just do the exact same thing with the same tooling, yeah. and just register a new name and give that to Amazon
0: with an umlaut an over the U instead of just
4: a <laughs> regular U. It's Corvnix, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's weird, man. So I got to get like a
2: splitter, I guess, and go underneath the sink. And maybe if I'm oh, trying to God. figure out if I'm trying to figure out if I care enough to do that, but it so just, you but just it's the run fossil. a garden
4: hose into your house well, and then have it run and go back out. Like just, I can't crack the door. And, and I probably, an I probably will
2: in the summertime, but like right now mm-hmm. I can't do that.
4: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah.
2: You know, and then I got to call my, pick up my car, my, uh, fermenter and like carry it. It's a whole thing anyway. We'll talk, you could do we'll it uh, more it down Australian later.
4: style. Just let it no. pour that boiling wort right into that thing and then just my come beer back 24 is, hours
2: later. My beer is bad enough. I don't need to help it <laughs> with just not doing anything. You know what I mean? If yeah. I just abandoned it, I wouldn't. I just would stop brewing. There's no yeah. need. There's no need to continue at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Good point. Yeah, that's what I think about it. Uh, anyway, uh, let's get in some beer, fellas. What do you think? Uh, this German Pilsner is giving me the side eye and I kind of want to tackle it. You're right you're right with that let's do that scott how's it going man thanks for sending in this beer i appreciate that of
3: course no my pleasure thank you for all your flexibility and scheduling this
2: oh hey man you
3: forward to this you're doing us a
2: favor dude um german pills what's going on there have you done that before is this a, a new style you're tackling or are you trying to polish this one up uh this
3: first time um there's okay. a local brewery here that has a fantastic german pills where and- are you
2: and what's it called
3: I'm in Indianapolis and okay. this was at uh, Chili Waters downtown. And I believe, I, I can't remember the name of the beer, but it's their German Pills and it is fantastic. And when I tried that, I was like, I have to try this. So
2: nice. Nice. I love the beer at Chili's. It's, it's the best. Mm. Kidding. <laughs> Those guys are probably no, listening. That going, was a, that was oh, a funny joke. No, course it was. It was. The course it was. To laugh. What the hell? Well, you know, man, look, insulting craft beer. You can't, you still can't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, look, I'm just going to say, it looks great. You can see my dumb face in it and it smells even better. So, um, you know, I might be like Clark Griswold, uh, cutting the, the Christmas, you know, Turkey open on Christmas vacation. Um, but we'll see. Anyway, Cooper, why don't you stop chugging random beers? Yeah, man.
0: Cooper's just pounding beers. No, I was just rinsing the glass that had Belgian triple in the bottom and I wanted to get, get it <laughs> clean. There you go. So I could pour pills back into the glass. That Let's, was in the uh,
2: Why don't you kick us off with uh, Scott's Bel- uh, German pi-
0: Belgian Pilsner, please? <laughs>
2: Belgian and then, and then a German triple. It's gonna be great.
0: Yeah. Okay. This is a five D uh German pills in the twenty twenty one guidelines. Um yeah, and the nose it I had it got a pleasant kind of medium pills malt uh, in there. And uh, I got a lightly corn like note at the very beginning, I felt like not too distracting, but just a little sulfury note in there. And um it's the the malt is grainy lightly crackery. In the nose here there's a fair amount of hops. It's good so medium, medium low uh floral, uh with a medium light spiciness alongside that. Uh the beer seems lagered cleanly, uh, really. Um despite the, you know, a little bit of sulfur in, in any lager is usually okay as long as it's in balance with everything else, in harmony with everything else that's going on. Um, and not sticking out like, you know, creamed corn or something in a, in a, all over the place. Um, there's no acetaldehyde or diacetyl at all in here. Um, no obvious esters noted. This That sulfur blew off uh, quite quickly. So uh, you know, nice aroma, 9 out of 12. Uh, appearance-wise, it's brilliantly clear. Yellow-colored beer, medium white head, very fine bubbles. Persists. Really beautifully, um, you know. Couldn't give it. Couldn't not give it three out of three points for appearance. Going into the flavor, uh, that pills malt. It kind of flipped on me a little bit here. You know, I thought I got more of the malt in the nose, and once I got into the flavor, that pills malt comes in low up front, not sweet, and it it it's a little crackery. But then the hot flavor comes forward to kind of dominate. it Doesn't really overpower the malt completely, uh, but it is a pretty big floral you know kind of a medium medium high a spicy uh you know medium light spiciness with that too uh and the balance here is definitely uh to the hops in this and helping that is that it finishes quite dry and uh the bitterness is medium and those hops really linger in there with some malt into the aftertaste but uh you know the malt that's in the aftertaste is not really a sweet malt just like the residual crackery um maybe a little you know bready biscuity thing but uh it's it's uh a long or dry finish, it's 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 which it, it can and, and, and you know should have in some good examples that'll really accent that that long finish, but it's not too like overtly minerally either. Sometimes I'll do that with the you know, the sulfates being pushed up high and if, if that becomes noticeable to me, it's a little bit of a detractor. So uh, pretty well done there. I gave it a 15 out of 20 on flavor. Uh mouthfeel wise, it's really, it's crisp and refreshing. Uh, medium light body, medium carbonation, uh, no alcohol warmth noticeable here. It's not creamy or anything. It lacks any trace of astringency. It's just really crisp, just goes off the tongue and, and, and is done and invites another sip. Um, so yeah, overall, this is a very clean German pills, really on the dry and crisp side for style i would say it's lacking just a bit of that that firm you know not it shouldn't be sweet but it it's lacking that edge of sweetness that that doughy malt character that might make it a little more complex and maybe more balanced and flavorful uh it's not coming across watery or seltzery in you know in any uh sense of the word with all the hop flavors and and the, the malt flavors that are there but just being so dry you know it doesn't need to be a sweet bomb but a, just a little, a little more um, body, a little more um, hint of the malt character in there would help balance that. Uh, but just drinks really smoothly and easily. Uh, you know, I can tell the good German ingredients were used here. So yeah, just get that malt to carry through just a little bit more alongside the hops. And this is a a real winner. Um, but I scored it at eight out of ten for overall impression. Uh, the mouthfeel was four out of Five for a 39, 39 total out of 50. And um, yeah, I thought it was an excellent German pills. Mostly, most of the things I mentioned are fine points. And again, that sulfur in the nose it blew off really fast. I'm not sure if it was even DMS or just kind of a, you know, some other a light little sulfury note in there with the, the fermentation that uh, sometimes yeast cleans up a little more than other times, but in lagers, it's always a lot of times an element of that. And I always look for it in lagers. So. Yeah, nicely done, and thank you for sharing that. All right, very good.
4: Sure. Yes, so, um, uh, hello, uh, Scott, I have to give you the uh, the usual question that I give everybody. Are you in a homebrew club?
3: Yeah, I'm in two clubs. The local one wow. here is Foam Blowers of Indiana. <laughs> um, I'm not, uh, I don't participate much because the club nights are all, they always conflict with my work schedule. Mm. Um, well, next I'm, time uh, I go to
2: Indiana, call me Foam. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And then um, I'm a member of the online, the Brew Club, B-R-U Club, which is affiliated with uh, Brewlosophy. Well,
4: that's cool. Nice. You know, it's sometimes that's just the way it is where, like, whatever club you're in locally just isn't, uh, the the nights don't work out. So stuff happens. You know, I've been to Indianapolis once, like, in the mid-90s. And I remember, it's funny, I remember clearly almost 30 years ago going to this brew pub called Broad Ripple. And that it was really good. Is that still there? It was the Broad Ripple
3: Brew Club. Uh, it is the first brew pub in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. They started in the early 1990s. Um, I, I don't know the gentleman who started it, but he a, is a proper Britishman oh, who, wow. want, who moved here and wanted to replicate the British pub experience and culture here. So it, it's, I mean, I've been there a handful of times. It is, you walk in and, and it feels like you're in England <laughs> and nice. they have, um, yeah. cast conditioned ales with a beer engine pump. Nice. It's, Very cool. Yeah. It, it's and the beers delicious. And yeah, it, it's an Indianapolis
4: institution. It really is. Nice. I'm I'm glad it's still in business and that it's still making great beer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's cool. So let's turn to your beer. Uh, I enjoyed this quite a bit, you know, i JP already held this up to the camera, so I don't need to do that to show how clear this <laughs> is. The uh, uh, bottle inspection, uh, check that. It was a high fill, but there was still a hiss, which is always a great sign that there's going to be some carbonation in there. Uh, aroma, you know, I, maybe it's just my nose. I got a low level of aroma overall for everything. I got sort of a, a low level of pills malt, low level of like spicy noble hops, no esters, no off aromas, most importantly. Uh so 7 out of 12, primarily due to, I, I wanted something more. I wanted some more hops or more malt or something out of the nose. And I freely admit it might just be my nose. You know, it's it's wintertime, it's rainy, you know, God knows what's happening. You know, the heater's on, you know, frequently, so it could just be a perceptual issue on my part. Um, so that was 7 out of 12. Appearance, 3 out of 3. The uh, head was... Very large and very persistent. It stuck around for a while. Wearing this little glass, about half full, I had foam almost all the way to the top. And I had foam persist, you know, halfway into writing the score sheet. So that that's an achievement. Pale straw color. You know, all, all these things are so hard to do at a homebrew level for a lager. So kudos to you. It, the appearance is phenomenal. Flavor. I, I got more flavor than I did aroma, which makes me wonder if I was having a perceptual issue with my nose. Uh, initially, the flavor was was low malt not not super perfumey pills but there's some pills in there i'm curious if there's maybe a mix of pilsner and turo or something like that uh, we'll find out later uh, bitterness came up to more than balance uh, that malt mid palate uh, it, it is really the the classic what they call german firm bitterness for a pilsner you know it's it's not it's not an ipa but it's substantial and it's there uh, and that's definitely present in this beer. Uh, I got a low, spicy hop flavor, very well attenuated. Uh, finish is long and it's balanced or bitter. It's not exclusively bitter, but it's definitely tilts the scale a little bit in that direction. Uh, Thirteen out of twenty for flavor. Uh, mouthfeel five out of five. You really hit everything you could could hit in pilsner here, as far as I'm concerned. Body is medium light, uh, high carbonation. Like going back to that bottle inspection. Even with that little tiny uh, headspace, there was still an appreciable hiss when I opened that up. And that doesn't happen without high carbonation. Uh, No warming. Uh, It's more perky than creamy. Not not astringent, but it's sharp in a good way that Pilsner ought to be because of the high carbonation and the hot bitterness. You know, it it ought to be something crisp that kind of, it, it wakes you up a little bit and lets you know that you're drinking it. And this definitely does. Five out of five. Uh, overall impression, uh, a seven. So I give this 35 out of 50. I, I really like this beer. Uh, the bitterness and carbonation really make this bright and lively and really make this, I I think, in those aspects, which are, are often so hard to get right at a homebrew level, you you really got got those right. Um, I'm not sure how we'd you'd go about doing this, and I'm not sure if this is just my nose, but having more malt aroma... Just a little bit more and a little bit more hop aroma would be welcome. Uh, but having said that, I think this is this is really good and it might just be that I'm on on nose tilt right now. Uh, and we'll discuss. Coop, Coop, what did you give
0: this one? A uh, 39.
4: Yeah, right, and I, yeah, so I just said
0: fairly cold too. I would kind of agree that there wasn't as much coming out in the aroma as I'd like to. But I, I kind of chalked that up personally. You know, in my my subconscious, to to being a little colder and and just adjusting yeah. to that, but uh, it's warming up now, and it is still fairly light in the aroma. That's, that's not the experience I'm having
4: all. too. Yeah. yeah, and it's the the flavor. There's nothing. I mean, the the flavor is every bit what I would like it to be. Pretty much. I mean, it's maybe even a little bit more malt flavor might be nice, but you know, it's absolutely no off flavors or nothing off about this beer at all. Which is which is an achievement.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I think I'd probably land a 38, 40-ish. It feels like it needs to be a little crisper somehow. Maybe, maybe that's carbonation. Maybe a little more bitterness. But um, I think it's, I mean, this is great. When you walk into any bar, you would you would, you would definitely want another one of these.
4: Yeah, I'd be happy to get this at a bar that was serving a uh, craft pills.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Here, Hang on, let's take a quick break. And then, Scott, when we come back, we can run through the recipe. That'd be cool. All right, hang on, everyone. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. What's up, homebrewers? Hey, let me ask you a question. You spend a lot of time making your beer taste the way you want it to, right? Some of you even send beers into Dr. Homebrew for feedback. Well, the next logical step in your creativity is to craft some labels for those beers. And there's nobody better at creative labels than Grog Tag. Their easy-to-use designs let you turn out some pretty amazing stuff like labels, bottle caps, coasters, even six-pack carriers with minimal effort on your part. They have a range of label sizes that fit any vessel you can think of. Bottles, cans, growlers, kegs. GrogTag has you covered. Head over to GrogTag.com today and check out their line of amazing, fully customizable templates and get your beer looking its best. GrogTags are water-resistant, reusable, and will have your naked bottles looking great in no time. That's GrogTag.com, and be sure to use code BNARMY at checkout to save 10% on your order. All right, thanks for hanging on everyone. All right, we're here with Scott and he's going to run us through his uh what is it? Uh, what is the median uh 39 German Pilsner. Scott, take it away, man. What's in this beer?
3: Sure. Thanks uh thanks for all the feedback. Really appreciate it. Um it's always moderately anxiety provoking for me to bottle it up and <laughs> and send it off because it's um in my experience, you know, what comes out of the keg and what comes out of a bottle three weeks later is hardly is rarely ever the same yeah um so for this this is my first time brewing this um i did a uh, full volume no sparge brew in a bag uh on an anvil foundry 120 volt which you can talk about that later uh 5.7 gallon batch in the fermenter 94 percent wireman floor malted pills and six percent Caraphone. i used ro and built a style uh, weighted towards sulfate, 150 sulfate, 75 chloride, and 80 calcium. I did a step mash, 125 protein rest at, for 10 minutes, a 60-minute beta at 146, and then 15-minute alpha at 158, uh, mash pH of uh, 5.3. Uh, I did a 90-minute boil with on a 120-volt syst- system is more than a simmer, but not really rolling. For hops, uh, I did at 60 minutes, 32 IBUs of German Magnum. At 15 minutes, I did four IBUs each of Tettnanger and sots, And then at zero, I did one ounce of Tettnanger and 0.5 ounces of sots. Um, And my post-boil pH was you know, 5.3, so I added two millimeters, uh, milliliters of lactic acid Hopefully, targeting a post ferment pH of 4.1, 4.2. OG of uh, 1052. Um, I used uh, White Labs 830 German lager yeast with a starter. I used canned wort um, and I diluted it to a starter gravity of 1030, which is lower than what they recommend, but it works for me. Uh, Oxygenated and pitched the slurry at 48. A lot of free rise to 50 and kept it there for a week. Um, uh, after eight days, uh, fermentation activity started to slow. So I unplugged the chiller and let it free, free rise up to ambient at 65 uh, Fahrenheit. Um, day 16, final gravity of 1010. Um, started the coal crash on day 18. Gelatin fined day 20 and kegged using a closed loop transfer. Function-free uh, transfer on day twenty-eight. Um, loggered it for five weeks until I bottled it and sent it to you all.
4: <laughs> you you can really tell that gelatin finding works. It's yeah, it's old school, but it's still probably my favorite way to find. Mm. And you can't argue with the results here. Yeah,
2: and it's super clear. It, yep, <laughs>
0: yeah. What do you guys think that's of the recipe?
4: So it was what percent environment pills you said? 96, 90, he said so. 94, that's what I thought ninety four. Wow, that's yeah. just and six percent,
0: Kara. Uh, foam. Yeah.
4: That's yeah. just really weird to me that, I mean, you it doesn't really get that much better than Weirman Pills. And usually that is that perfumey, like classic example of Pilsner malt. And I'm just kind of wondering, you know, it's not, it's not quite what I would expect to have this beer taste like with a 94% Weirman pills. Um, Did you, did you maybe mill it at the homebrew store and not use it for a while no. potentially or?
3: no um i milled it at home uh, 0.03 inches so it's pretty okay. powdery yeah um milled that uh, the day before um i have noticed that with most of my beers the the m- malt flavor and uh, aroma is tends to be a little light um I, I i don't know why that is i wonder if it's the 120 volt system and it's not as Vigorous of a boil, I don't have that great of a boil off rate, so I found that I, I usually have to juice a little bit with a touch of Vienna or use a Bach yeast mm. or okay. over bitter on paper to make it turn out how I how I want. Um, but that that's just pure speculation on my part.
0: That's an interesting speculation though, because yeah, the boil you know driving a little harder boil it is it is going to accent the malt if anything. So. Um, you know, that slight effect of the a rolling vigorous boil could, could make the difference. Yeah, um, I don't know that, that cheating and <laughs> adding some other malt would, <laughs> would twist it in exactly the right direction, but it might, it might hint at that, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really good as it is. Just, it's a really, this would be great to drink in the summer. It's almost, um, you know, like a, like a lighter a lighter version of pills that's just like really easy to to quaff and just would be really refreshing on a summer day I think.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Even right now when it's cold que- as shit sorry. outside. Well, exactly. You know, There's an interesting question about that about the sort of simmering boil and I'm you know I'm very interested in this because I'm going to pull the trigger on getting some kind of little all-in-one electric system yeah in the next next 2-3 months uh and you know I on the one hand I don't want a 220 because I have one 220 outlet in my house and it's in my garage and my, my dryer's plugged into it and I don't want to screw around with that. And the little extension cords to, for those are, I think they're like a hundred bucks. I mean, they're expensive if you get one that's not going to burn your house down. Right. Um, but having said all that, you know, I, I I've kind of had the same thought that that you have, Scott. That I don't know that one ten is going to get you up to the boil that you really need, whether it's an anvil or a bruzilla or a grainfather or whatever you're you're doing, uh, because it's it's not a, a matter of how well you've built the machine. It's a matter of, you know, how much resi- how much heat can you generate from resistance from one twit one ten volt you know standard uh, standard current in in the U S. That's uh, where. I don't know. It's like when you go to if you ever go to Europe and you, we have a little tea kettle that boils water. It plugs into one ten, and it takes a long time to boil that water. And that's you know maybe a couple of quarts at most. You would use that same one in England or Germany or whatever. That thing's boiling in like in like thirty seconds. It's ready to go, uh, and it's not a linear. Like it's twice as much or, or half the time. I should say it's not half the time at two twenty. It's like. You know, a tenth of the time. So I, I I wonder if not getting up to that rolling boil is going to affect your malt flavor and the and malt aroma in that way. And I I I wouldn't doubt it.
0: Yeah, it's a, ni- a nice system to be working on though too. And yeah. I, and you can brew a uh, really good beer with it. I wonder if they're convertible to two twenty after you buy the the one ten version, and if you want to put in another plug in your house <laughs> to do yeah. it. But yeah, yeah.
3: you can. Uh, the yeah. uh, the version you can there's a, you flip a switch and you have to cut the cord. And I, I didn't want to mess with it. Nah, and, yeah. dude, no, it's not
2: worth it. I mean, no, and, no. And, and you know,
3: brew inside and, you know, the boil off rate is not that great, which, which works, you know, my, my wife complains about it uh, brewing inside, <laughs> but like, like we, what we were talking about before, I mean, it's very, very convenient for me to brew in my basement and buy my wet bar. Cause I've got everything right there and I know where everything is. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I've, if I've I'm... modified my, recipes and processes to I to accommodate what I think is uh the issue, which is primarily the the lower voltage boil off, but just a guess.
4: Have have you ever thought about getting like a saucepan, like not a giant saucepan, but just like maybe no. one that's a six, eight quart, get scoop some of that wort out, put it on your stovetop and get it to a, a solid boil and then mm. pouring it back in to kind of help it out getting to and staying at 212, it's like, easier to maintain 212 than it is to get up the 212.
3: Interesting thought. I've not done that. Um, it's, it's possible. Yeah, did, I, I can do it. We have We have gas burners in our kitchen. Uh, then there's the, uh, the potential hazard of yep. carrying around boiling yep. sticky... <laughs> liquid sure. up and down the stairs yeah and- I,
4: i'm just spitballing here and you I, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. you say up and down the stairs you don't you don't want to do that it's Having a, a it,
0: three-ring circus going on in the house oh there's a boil over upstairs honey yeah. oh god
4: <laughs> i and mean if you're walking down those stairs and you trip and you burn yourself and you break a leg that's that's messed up you don't want to do that yeah
2: yeah i mean yeah. you know with the with the speaking just from the brusilla aspect this last beer which we'll talk about the next show. Um, it didn't, it was cold outside. So it, it, it's very much, you know, even though it has like an insulated jacket, it's just, it's neoprene. It doesn't do much. So it, it was, it was rolling. It wasn't very vigorous in the summertime. I can get it, you know, going pretty well. I've never noticed anything. The, the results from, from those, you know, from, from that system have been good enough for me. Um, you know, we've talked about those beers on the show too. So, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that it's a it's a boil voltage, you know, thing. Yeah. Um, for me, I mean, it, I, I yeah, I don't know. For me, it's just it might be just like a recipe where maybe there's because uh, it was Pills malt and then what else? Victory is what you said. Uh, six percent Carafoam. Carafoam. because Carafoam has like a sweeter kind of thing to it, doesn't it? it's more just to accent the head. All right, I mean, you're using it for. But that would be cara, pills. cara Foam has, isn't it? A little, little darker, so there's a little more sweetness, and I wonder if that's what's poking through the small and sort of preventing everything from like really melding together. Next time you're at the homebrew mm. shop, uh, Scott, taste it. Let me know, because I, I've it's been years mm. since I've done it, since I've used it. But I remember it's kind
0: of like yeah, John Mayer right? used
2: to use it in uh, at Rogue, and he was like, "Yeah, it lends like the sweetness." And I went to and went downstairs to the grain room and, and ate. It. I was like, "Oh yeah, it's like a, it's a noticeable." Different,
0: but they're not really toasty or sweet, or anything. I think they're just, they just add a little body and, the, and dextrins. I mean, you know, carapils and carafoam are both dextrin malts, but if and, you taste uh, them side
2: by side, carapils and, and carafoam will have a taste difference. Yeah,
0: I haven't used carafoam, so I can't really yeah. say myself what it tastes like or what it's going to yeah. add, but but I wonder I if of them both as fairly neutral myself, but yeah, you know, I and in theory, next,
2: next time you're there. Try it, I, I will, Cooper. Because I, yeah. I, I'd be interested yeah. again to get anybody's feedback on it because it is it. Uh, that's where I think that the 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 issue might be is if you can drop down to a care of pills, you might still get that head retention. Not that you even need it, to be honest. with you. <laughs> I mean, this beer had a pretty good head yeah. retention, and uh, you know it could have been a little even a little more carbonated. So, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I Possibly, would, yeah. I would say that um, that your issues aren't one ten related, but you know, you know your system better than I do. You seem like a smarter yeah. guy than I am.
4: It's something you can play with that doesn't involve messing with electricity or hot liquids up and down the Yeah, stairs. which is preferable. Yeah. Man, I just
0: add an immersion boiler. You, you know, like you buy one of those <laughs> little <laughs> plug-in things. Oh yeah, dude, I, I haven't thought about it.
2: I have to like I thought about doing that. Heat my sparge water up and then carry it outside in a kettle, and then stand on a stool and then you know oh, scoop.
4: God. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, is it? Uh, even that's enough. Totally. I don't want to like be doing more of that. We're we're getting a call from Taryn someday, aren't we? (laughs) Breakfast with, I have bad news for you guys. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Good news and bad news.
0: Um, Let's see. Do we have anything else for Scott or vice versa in reverse? I I can tell by the way he's speaking about brewing his beer that he knows, uh, you know, what he's doing and why. And and that's half the battle. So, um, you know, just keep doing what you're doing with these beers and and dial them in, enter them in competitions and see what other judges say. Uh, but this one is is for me, you know, a good good chunk of the way there, um, not quite to world class, but it's just excellent and really easily easily drinkable. Yeah, agreed. Um, so yeah, thanks.
2: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, it sounds like that's it. So we'll um, well, actually, we won't let you go because you're going to be on for the next segment for the okay. triple, right? Well, we to taste
0: more of his beer and we see taste how naughty that one is.
2: Yeah. So hang on everyone We're going to take a quick break We're going to come back And open that other uh, Other beer from Scott So hang on everyone It's Dr. Homebrew We'll be right back
1: Hello fellow BNers This is Sully From the 21st Amendment Brewery Located in San Francisco Just two blocks from Giants Park
2: The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now, Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S-Draft.com.
1: Now back to the examination.
2: All right, thanks for sticking around, everybody. We are about to bust this Belgian triple up wide, if you know what I'm trying to say, everybody. You know what I mean? Um, all right, Scott. So the uh, the German pills was your first time. What about this Belgian triple?
3: Uh, also first time. Um, last uh, Valentine's, my 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 wife got me a beer basket. She went to Total Wine. She didn't know anything about beer, and she said to the to the clerks there, said, "Hey, I want to get a basket of really nice beers for my husband." And and three guys just went around and they they basically filled up the basket with Belgians. And I've never had Belgians before until then. Oh, nice! And I'm like, oh, okay, I I get it. This is this is a different <laughs> type of beer. I, I ain't gonna have to try this. So, you know, I read a lot about it, and I know the fermentations tricky. So so I just decided just to try it, see how it turned out.
2: Okay. Excellent. What do you think of the process before we get into it? Did you enjoy it? The thing you
3: like to do? Well, I mean, really it's, it, there wasn't anything special about, you know, making the word. It was just the fermentation side, which we can talk about okay. yeah, afterwards. It was tricky. Let's do that.
4: Uh, sure. Why don't you light us up, buddy? Oh yeah. 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 So that <laughs> light, light, lighting you up right now, my friend. Nice. Uh, so aroma, uh, let me go back up. Uh, Bottle inspection, a lot of this will kind of echo what we talked about for the German pills. Uh, bottle inspection, you know, high fill, hiss on open, a good sign for a beer that's supposed to be highly carbonated. That's a, uh, it's a good thing. Uh, low malt aroma, a little bit lower than expected, a little bit more than the pills, probably because of some of the more aromatic malts that were, were in here. Uh, low Belgian fermentation character, uh, there's you can talk about the phenols, you know, honey whatever, but realistically there's an overall sort of aroma and flavor profile that comes from a belgian yeast and this definitely has that. And part of that is the polyphenols, uh part of it's the honey character. It it, it smells amazing. It, it smells like a belgian beer like it's supposed to. No off aromas. I get very low fruit. Uh you know, overall 7 out of 12. Appearance 3 out of 3, large white head, very persistent, light gold color. Just like your pills, it's crystal clear. So I got to tell you, you're consistently, you're processed. You can make crystal clear beers that are light in color that have huge head. So congratulations, you're ahead of, you know, two-thirds <laughs> of homebrewers. Uh, probably myself, and I'm not, I'm not excluding myself from that two-thirds. You're ahead of the game just being able to do those three things consistently. Sure. Uh, which is really good. Uh, a flavor? A flavor begins with kind of a what I, I'll call like a faux sweetness sometimes. There's nothing sweet or under-attenuated about this beer. It's very well attenuated, but I think more so than the Pilsner, there's probably, I'm, I'm guessing there's some Pilsner malt in here, which will give you a flavor that's pleasant, and it's sort of a classic Pilsner character that is, that will hit you like sweetness, but it's not, doesn't have anything to do with the sugar content, uh, of what's left, or attenuation. It's just how the Pilsner malt tastes. Uh, ethanol, ethanol will taste sweet when you have a great fermentation and there's not fusels and stuff that makes it sharp. Um, and I think part of what I'm perceiving is a little bit of sweetness is ethanol. There's This is a, a just skip ahead a second, this is a very warming beer. There's a lot of alcohol in here, but you can't tell when you're drinking it, which is the, the, the classic examples, the best examples of triple- Are supposed to be like. Early on, I get a low fruity character. uh, Maybe a little, I I would think of as apple, not apple in any kind of acetaldehyde or off flavor way, but I mean, esters are fruity and the fruit that it reminds me of is a little bit more to maybe the apple, like that kind of orchard fruit uh, direction uh, in a good way. Uh, Bitterness comes up uh, to balance in mid palate. Uh, It's well attenuated. There's again I, I, a beer that probably had a really high starting gravity uh this thing fermented out all the way which is it it's supposed to and it, it tastes amazing uh finish is long and balanced overall i give it a 14 mouthfeel 5 out of 5 definitely warming i, I skipped ahead and wrote that first <laughs> because there's, there's some ethanol in here uh and i i have a big sample here and i'll be drinking this while while coop gives his uh, analysis later uh medium high carbonation uh medium body more perky than creamy uh not astringent at all you know could it be a little more highly carbonated probably but you know a, a triple is supposed to be like carbonated within an inch of its life in a lot of ways but i didn't think that it was so lacking in carbonation to take a point off uh, so i, I it's it, it's within what i think is the acceptable range i mean triple is one of those you can always could i put another volume of co2 in here yeah sure why not <laughs> um and the limiting factor is you don't want the bottle to explode uh and i guess you don't want to you have enough co2 escape that you die when you're you're bottling um ne- never die while bottling that's, that's a psa from dr homebrew yeah standard uh, if yeah if you're bottling in a way that you're gonna have a room full of co2 don't do that don't die because we, we want you to come back and listen to the show some more that's right uh and plus, we just don't want you to die. We're nice guys. Uh, overall impression, I give this a 7 out of 10. You know what? I did not tote these up. But I, what was I thinking? Let's say 24. I give us a 36 uh, total, which is very good. I think it's a well-made beer. The alcohol really sneaks up on you, which is an excellent achievement for a beer like this. Um, you know, if I, I'm actually going to come up here. I'm going to give you... Uh, a fifteen for flavor, and I'm going to give you an eight for overall impression oh. to put you up to excellence to a thirty eight total. That's what I get for not you know toting up these numbers. I was making dinner right literally right before the show <laughs> i i I got done and immediately ran to the laptop and you know started doing this, and I realized I had not not added these numbers. you know i just like with the pills, I think a little more malt aroma would be nice. But I didn't notice that as much as with the Pilsner, because you're going to have a malt bill with a triple. that's going to have a little more, there's some different malts, a little more aromatic malts. Um, you know, Overall, well done, no off flavors, no off aromas. I'm going to be quiet and drink a bunch of this sample, and hopefully not be too smashed to talk about this when Cooper's done talking. Yeah, absolutely. Good luck with that.
0: <laughs> All right, Cooper. All right. Uh, yeah uh yeah open it up and um had a had a nice light hiss uh on opening uh well well packaged proper uh bottling so yeah your bottling technique and everything is good i'm not getting oxidation in any of these um examples and they've been sitting around for a while before being judged so that says a lot for your packaging regimen aroma wise pleasant perfumey you know a light perfumey kind of estuary Estuary note up front with medium low floral hop alongside that. Uh some really nice uh ferment derived white pepper like spicy phenols at a medium high level. The malt is red-like and modest, uh just kind of there. The the alcohol is, is very smooth, medium low in the nose, not too not poking out, nothing really sharp there. So it seems well um, you know well fermented in that regard there is a light lemony quality with a the kind of that ripe banana ester in there faintly alongside the the citrusy um esters appearance wise just exactly what char said uh it's like golden beer fantastic clarity medium had fine white bubbles with very good retention excellent retention three out of three flavor wise it's fruity and spicy uh, as expected, um, orangey notes with medium pepper. And I get a very faint clove richness alongside that. And I'm accenting the pepper. Um, so nice little complexity to the spice, medium bitterness, uh, clean Belgian ale fermentation is apparent here with low floral hop and a bit of spice, uh, in the, from the hop. It, it, I would, it's hard to discern you're getting spice <laughs> from the fermentation. I can talk myself into it. A spicy hop here too. But yeah, I like in the, in the pills, I picked up that, you know, you had that Tet with that Zaz. That was nice because I, I felt like, okay, I got that nice, like floral with a little herbal from the Tet and the, the spice from the Zaz. And that was nice. And this one, it's mostly just kind of floral and, and I can talk myself into the spice if I want. But Do you want to? I, it's probably not from the hops. Okay, But who knows? Who knows? Finishes dry done. with the medium high alcohol there. It seems a touch just a touch sweet seeming uh but not like overtly sweet in that it's not it's it's very dry like brian said but yeah it plays sweet i think from the alcohol in my opinion um because there is a fair amount of it here it's quite obvious to me uh not hitting me hard but just it's a a good amount of it (laughs) um so not just because i'm doing kind of a damp january and i haven't had any beer this week until I had an excuse to drink some tonight. Damn Thank you, guys. Uh, <laughs> spice and uh, fruit in the aftertaste lingers there. So, yeah, this is all going to go downhill, JP. I apologize. In advance. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's all right, um, I guess. Mouthfeel-wise, it's got a medium body, low smooth alcohol warmth, no astringency or creamy qualities, um, medium high carbonation with a... Uh, it's a bit biting, but not harsh. It's really... It's got an attack mostly from the, the alcohol warmth, but it's a smooth warmth. So it works. Um a four out of five for mouthfeel. I don't know where I took the point off. Brian's just so generous in mouthfeel. <laughs> overall impression. I'm a generous guy. What can I say? That's right. <laughs> overall impression. It's a pleasant drinking Belgian triple, hitting all the main goalposts for the style. Uh goes down fairly easy. It does seem a bit big or you know, on the bigger end for style, not out of style. Uh, with noticeable alcohol, um, I think overall, you know, it 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 should have a firm uh, maltiness in the in the nose, and the you know it should should be. I don't think it's lacking in malt here, though. I'm not going to harp on that. What I think I would kind of like it to be is just a little bit more more delicate seeming and deceptive, or maybe just a little bit lighter to balance what's there. Um, it is not too sweet, but the alcohol jumps out just a bit more than hoped and has a kind of not sweet but like a lightly the flavor of syrup not not maple syrup but just like a syrupy edge to it kind of um if you back off that ABV a bit it might take that down uh a touch and just and play a little better so it's not challenging me too hard but um you know and just take the best care of that fermentation that you can there are challenging fermentations to run I landed at exactly a 38 on this beer. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. You came oh. up two points and then we just matched. So I didn't have to do any wow. adjustment. If we were at a judging table, we'd just be like, yep, next beer. That,
4: that's how in sync Coop and I typically are. <laughs> we're right. sometimes totally blind, just like right now. We'll land on the same number or within one or two without having any discussion and just totally blind. So that, that's, just, that's the kind of quality judging you get from I, I Brian's. <laughs>
0: A lot of times we'll we will discuss the the scores ahead of time, but I just judge them right before the show. Usually I judge them the night before, but um, anyway, yeah, we didn't discuss st- scores beforehand, so that was kind of a nice uh, happenstance that we did yeah. uh, um, happen to be dialed in pretty well. Yeah, I Jason's like, gonna just disagree with us here. I like the beer.
2: It. I don't. Know, I don't pay attention to what you guys say. Um, I, I like the beer. It is a little <laughs> hot. Um, but I guess that's what it should be. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like it. I I don't really have um. I'm not well versed on this style. Um, I'm used to like a lot of the styles or a lot of the examples of this kind of style were more. I don't know. I'm trying to pin like a like a changing point or like a shift in what how we thought about Belgians. I'm gonna say pre 2010 arbitrarily. They were very cloying and very heavy and very syrupy and very because that's what everyone thought that they fucking should be. Um, and this is not that. And uh, and I do like it, but it's 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 a little different. Maybe needs a little more weight to kind of balance the um, the alcohol, but uh, it's a it's a very good beer. That's all I got to say about it. Uh, what's your recipe, Scott? Hit us, hit us with that.
3: All right. Um, so first time brewing this. Uh, it, this came in at nine point one percent ABV, uh, thirty seven IBUs. Uh, again, full volume, no sparge, brew in a bag basket. So I used uh, the recipe is seventy six percent Wireman floor melted pills. Same bag as for the uh, German pills. Uh, 3% aromatic malt, 3% white wheat malt, 12% cane sugar, which worked out to be two pounds. And then because of uh, my basket size, I supplemented with 6% Pilsner and DME. I found that when I go over 13, 14 pounds in the basket, that my efficiency goes down and becomes unpredictable. So I just cap it at 14 pounds, and if I need to go up higher, I use DME. RO, water, uh, balanced slightly towards sulfate, at 100, chloride of 75, and calcium 65. I did a step mash, 130 for 10 minutes, and then 148 for 60 minutes, Uh, mash pH of 5.25. I did a 90-minute boil, um, hops, 60-minute, I did 16 IBUs of German Magnum and 13 IBUs of Tettnanger. So the same hopses for the German pills. Okay. And then at 15 minutes, uh, three IBUs each of Tetanang and uh, OG was 1080. So fermentation. So I use White Labs 530 Abbey Ale with a starter, which I, I don't know if I was supposed to do that <laughs> or not, but I did. Um, this thing, I've never used this yeast before. This thing was a an aggressive violent fermenter i mean i had a four liter flask and it was coming out the top with just a 1200 milliliter wow. um starter wow wow so awesome. that was my first you know that's when i realized i have to maybe i was planning on pitching and then just letting it free rise but i thought that that may make a mess but anyway i i did <laughs> i uh crashed the yeast I the word, pitched the slurry at 66. Um, and, you know, within a few hours, this thing was, you know, I mean, it was really aggressive. I mean, there was yeast and, and Krausen coming out my blow-off tube. And I had to change the blow-off tube several times in the oh, first geez. few days. Nice. Wow. So I, I tried to control it by keeping it at 66 Fahrenheit. Um, on day three, fermentation almost completely stopped. I'm like, oh, my God. So, <laughs> so that's when I pulled the plug on the chiller and let it free rise um, up to 65. And then I turned on the, the heater on my uh, conical to get it up to 75. And it, even after then, it, it never really... It, there was fermentation activity, but it was not violent like it was the first few days. Mm. On day eight, fermentation seemed to have slowed. I checked the gravity. It was 1022. I'm like, well, that's not quite where I want it. I wanted it much lower than that. Uh, day 12, I checked again, 10:16. Day 14, same. So I, I, I pulled a, I did a trick that one of uh, some someone I met in uh, foam blowers uh, club said, hey, if you try a Belgian, if it, it could poop out on you, so keep some SO5 around. So I threw in two sachets of SO5 and mm-hmm. fermentation restarted. And I got it down to uh, 10, 11. Nice. Wow. That's, that's pretty wow. good, dude. That's crushing. Nice save. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. So, yeah. So I was hoping to get into the single digit, but that, that's fine. Um, I cold crashed gelatin, cold crash for nine days, gelatin on day five, closed looped. transfer into a keg. I forced carbonated in the keg as high as I could um, without feeling like I was going to blow up the keg. <laughs> um, and then bottled it two months later with a beer gun. And it was tricky because uh, it, it's so highly carbonated that the beer in the line would completely carbonate. Uh, uh, you know, just, just foam discharge. up. Discharge. Yep. It would completely foam up a 10, 10 oh, foot restructure yeah. tube. Sure. And in between just filling one bottle and then getting the next bottle, <laughs> all the fluid would turn to gas. So I would have another wow. container. I have to have another can- container that I would blow all that foam into, and then immediately put it into the bottle. <laughs>
4: oh, you had beer again. Yeah. Oh my god! So
0: oh, I had lots fun. of
4: I had lots of
3: volume losses uh, <laughs> doing that. And everyone I talk to says, "Hey, you got a bottle condition," and I'm like, "I don't know." I mean, I had one bottle bomb. I'm like, done. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, that's wild. so. So that's it.
0: Do you often do that, uh, the 130 degree step, like the, your protein rest in the step mash? I you think know, that I, might be part of what's giving you, if you did that with the German pills and this one, yeah, I think that you're getting a lot of small chain proteins out of that. And it's what's helping your head retention be really awesome. Um, I, I
3: always have. I uh, w- With uh, the, the four malted, I've read somewhere that's slightly under modified. I don't know if it's true. Yeah, you know, you yeah. look at the COA and it's... It looks like it's fully modified, but I, 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 I've always done a protein rest, a short one with
0: that that malt, and it, it seems to work, so I have just kept doing it. Yeah, the modern common knowledge is, yeah, I don't need to do that, but if it's working for you, mm-hmm. hey, you know, um, that's that's something you can do, and it's yeah. easy to do with your system, so why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely.
2: Um, What do you think? Do we have any recipe feedback or anything like that to offer, or, uh, Scott, do you have any questions?
3: Um. You know, th- to me, um, this came across as syrupy and sweet. Uh, I-, I was expecting. Really? Yeah, I was expecting, mm. of course, I mean, this, this was bottled a couple months ago. So, so things change. Yeah. Um, I- I've never had. I usually will bottle an extra bottle if I'm doing a competition and save and, and review. And the the beer in the bottle has never been the same as the beer in the keg. Um, something's happening uh, between the keg and the beer gun in the bottle, even though I take the bottle and put it right in my fridge. Um, yeah, so, so maybe something maybe continued to evolve over the last two months in the bottle uh, that, that might be my guess, but to me it, it it was effervescent, but it still has some some sweetness to it, even though it ended up at, at 10 11. But that that was my perception. Yeah.
2: So you I, uh, so you bottled all of it from the keg. There's none left over in the keg to do a comparison. It's gone. Okay.
4: It's all gone. Yeah. I, I feel like I mean, my my opinion, like I said, talking about the flavor, is that the combination of the ethanol with like the Pilsner malt is going to give you a higher perceived sweetness than what your attenuation actually is. Mm. Uh and that that's just me. And you know, who's kind
0: of looking also, at me like I don't know. <laughs> no, sir, but serving it out of that keg at full carbonation is going to play differently as well. Cause you've got all that, the CO2 coming out of suspension, foaming out in your mouth and giving you the, you know, that impression of fullness without sweetness and giving you that carbonic element alongside all that makes it play different than when it's just a little less carbonate. It's going to be a little duller, a little more lifeless and a little come across a little more syrupy. Maybe I, I, Hesitated to use the word syrupy on my score sheet, but it has that edge to it. It's not from not being dry enough. 1011 is fine for the style, especially one that's on the higher end. Yeah. You know, it can go from 1085 down to, you know, 1014 for, for sweeter versions of it. I don't know that that would be super well balanced, but. You know, that's the range that it lists. 10.08 is the lowest, and that would be maybe for one on the lighter end of the style. But 10.11 is is fine, perfectly acceptable. How do you sanitize your
3: bottles? I uh, fill them completely to the top, let them sit there for 30 minutes or an hour, go do something. Then I rinse them out. I'm sorry, I don't rinse them out. I pour them out, keep them inverted, and I put them in a bottle rack inverted to let them dry. And then what I do right uh, the night before I bottle, I will put them in a six-pack carrier. And cover them with sanitized aluminum foil, and I'll put them in my refrigerator overnight okay
4: what what do you fill them with? star sand
3: yeah,
4: okay, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that process as far as I can tell. I mean that's pretty you know you're not going to have bacteria crawl back up in the into the i mean you might have air currents like waft bacteria up into a bottle in that drainer realistically, you know you're talking. That, that's not, bacteria like to fall down out of the air if they're in the air. Same. Wild yeah, yeast or yeah. whatever. Yeah, a few things are going to get in. It's, it's impossible outside of like a uh, an aseptic facility or some kind of high-speed line. You're always going to have something in there. The thing is you want to overpower it with the good yeast. And the good stuff you've already got in there. It doesn't sound like there's anything in your process. That if something got in, you're going to have an overly attenuated beer anyway. Yeah,
0: uh, I'm not detecting any packaging issues here. I think it's packaged fine, no, and uh, yeah, there's yeah, no bacteria yeah. or anything weird at play here. It's just yeah. the the difference in carbonation uh, and the yeah yeah just uh, you know aging in the bottle a little bit with a tiny bit of oxygen, but like very 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 little. There's no. Yeah noticeable oxidation here not in the form of any kind of papery or anything yeah or I'm just, even honey yeah, i like, thinking like, out loud here clean yeah,
4: yeah. No, it's, i, I it's... get a little honey but it's honey from the malt and from the yeast yeah. it's not like there's a type of honey character that comes from oxidation and scott you you your packaging is exemplary i mean you you probably listen to the show we go on and on and by we i mean me i will just blah 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 endlessly about how tough it is to package and how it's the bugaboo of home brewers. It's not the fun part, but it's important. Everything you're doing sounds like it's the right thing to do. I, I'm not noticing anything in your packaging process yeah. that it's causing a problem here. Great, perfect.
0: But you it's good to you know. could uh, you could experiment with bottle conditioning, uh, despite yeah. the, the the past. You know, seeing how you take care of your beer, I'm sure you could you could master bottle conditioning with uh, with a beer like this and get it up to three or so volumes in the bottle and have it play like it does from, you know, know. from the keg. I Uh,
2: wouldn't do it. If I were you, who knows?
0: Yeah, don't do it. There's no really thick bottles. If you do on the, on those Belgians,
2: (laughs) um, real fast, Trevor was in the chat. I don't know if he's still there or not. He says, uh, in reference to the German pills, uh, before we, before we sign off, he says a hot side. Low dough is more likely to contribute more to more malt aroma. I would think. What does that mean? What is I mean, lower, d- lower downtown? You're talking about Denver?
3: <laughs>
2: Dissolved oxygen, oxygen, probably. There you go. Hot side Lodo is more likely to contribute to more malt aroma, I would think.
3: Interesting. Yeah, I, I've been reading about that, you know, the whole HSA, outside aeration. Um, You know, you, you, I, I've heard and I've read that the German brewers are, are very delicate with their wort on the hot side. Mm-hmm um yeah I, I i've i've looked at it looked into it uh I, I could change up my processes and equipment to do that um it, it seems like uh i, I don't know it, it seems like it's kind of additive it, it, there are there are a dozen different steps where you can reduce you know, right. ox, oxygen oxygen on the hot side and if one goes sideways it might undo the others i don't know um yeah i i know i yeah. do have um, in my recirculation pump, um, I have a CIP inside the lid w- that will sprinkle on top of the the grain bed. So that potentially, if I'm getting HSA, that's where it's coming from. Um, you know, I'm trying to find a, a a rod that that will go into the the, the grain beds so there's no right. splashing. But yeah, oh, me too. To find we're all trying was. to find a
2: rod. We're all trying. We're all brewers
0: trying yeah. to find rods <laughs> in this world. I mean, well, hot side uh, aeration
2: is sort of I. Th- if I if, inter- if I remember correctly, it's sort of been debunked.
0: Yeah, those brewlosophy guys debunked it in twenty fourteen.
2: Well, well uh, Bamforth <laughs> came on in 9 and said that, yeah. like they, you know, him and um, a couple other people, were like it. It's not. It's not a thing. There's nowhere that that is actually um, a concern. It used to be, but the more we know about it, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Like Budweiser doesn't care about it. <laughs> so. You know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Tell Budweiser they, they should? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Charlie Bamforth. Where yeah. I heard it. Fuck a brew philosophy. Fucking <laughs> Marshall. Piece of shit. I'm just kidding. I like Marshall. Marshall's a good dude. Um, okay, well, if that's it, we're wrapping up, huh?
0: We're,
2: we're gone. Yeah. We're ready. Scott, you oh, can actually um, leave now if you want. Not now, but like, you know, we're actually going to let you go at the end of the show. That's nice for you. I was going to ask you go Scott if,
0: if he knows the, those competitive homebrewing folks on, on the Facebooks or something. No. I well, you I... can email him
2: and you can ask him that. Uh, because no, we're going to get out of here. We're already running over, we're... and uh, <laughs> that's it. So, Scott, yeah. thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, Thank you. Thanks for your time. Of course. Yeah. Anytime. Shit. Anytime you want to tackle this again or whatever, let us know. And if you guys want to send in beer to this show and be treated like a king, like Scott was, Email Brian at the brewing and we will take anything you ferment, we will drink it and uh, give you feedback on it. And if we don't know what the fuck we're talking about, we'll find somebody who does. Go out on the street corner. I got a park across the street, bring some people in, we'll see what's going on, right? We'll be the new TikTok sensation. But uh, anyway, thanks a lot, everybody, for tuning in and until uh, next time.